Well, good day, everyone. Welcome to The Journey this week. My name's Jude Hennessy. I have the great honour of bringing you this show each and every week, which is chock-a-block full of some of the best presenters from the Catholic world contributing to this little program, which goes out to so many radio stations right around the country, this uh, wonderful network of Christian radio stations who do so much to build up our community, particularly the Christian community, but bring hope to all people. It's a real ministry, more than a, a network, and uh, just so pleased to be able to partner with them. And as I said, bring you some wonderful people from the Catholic world. This week you've got some, uh, some great inputs from some really wonderful people. You're going to be hearing from the likes of Byron and Francine Parola. They're fantastic and smart loving is their segment. They're experts in marriage, relationship development. And they're talking about choosing to love. We're going to be hearing from Father Tony Percy. He's going to talk to us about division. I haven't listened to it yet, but I'm really eager to to hear it. And Max Norton, our sound editor, said it is a cracker. I trust him implicitly. We're going to be hearing from Mother Hilda Scott. Get on with the game is her segment. Well, it's her her input and uh, wisdom from the Abbey is her segment, of course, for our regular listeners. They know that. She's been with us since day dot over 10 years ago, contributing each and every week. One of the best blokes I know from down in Tasmania, Father Mike Delaney, he's asking the question, where is God? in his segment, God in the Everyday. To kick us off, though, Father Mark D. Batista. He's from Port Kembla Parish. He's going to break open today's Gospel reading for us. It's from John 1, 35 to 42, where the disciples are saying, we have found the Messiah. And in particular, he's going to break open this expression, the Lamb of God. What does it mean, the Lamb of God? Lots of great music on the show, too. You're going to be hearing from Vertical Worship first up. That's straight after you hear from... Father Mark, and funnily enough, we've chosen the song Lamb of God to really build into what he's breaking open for us in this gospel. We've entered into the ordinary time of readings that are read right around the world for this Sunday, this weekend. We've moved through that Christmas tide and are into the ordinary time period now. Most of us have gone back to work. Most of us are, uh, are back into things. Maybe you're still on holidays. If you are, good for you. Either way, I'm just hope that you've, uh, I'm just glad you've joined into the journey. And I hope it really builds you up this week. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy, and thanks for joining us this week on The Journey. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. As John stood with two of his disciples, Jesus passed, and John stared hard at him and said, Look, there is the Lamb of God. Hearing this, the two disciples followed Jesus. Jesus turned round and saw them following and said, What do you want? They answered, Rabbi, which means teacher, where do you live? Come and see, he replied. So they went and saw where he lived and stayed with him the rest of that day. It was about the tenth hour. One of these two who became followers of Jesus after hearing what John had said was Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter. Early next morning, Andrew met his brother and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means the Christ. And he took Simon to Jesus. Jesus looked hard at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You are to be called Cephas, meaning rock. The Gospel of the Lord. And now, the Gospel Reflection with Father Mark de Battista. Today we pick up the Gospel passage from the beginning of Jesus' public ministry in St John's Gospel. And we have the scene where St John the Baptist is there with a few of his disciples, two of them in fact, and Jesus walks past and John the Baptist looks hard at him. He identifies him as the Lamb of God at which point his two disciples go to follow Jesus and they stay with him for the rest of that day. But I want to tease out a little bit the significance of the expression Lamb of God. Lamb of God is something that perhaps we as believers, as Christian believers, would take for granted because we've heard it so many times. But in fact, it wasn't a customary Jewish expression at the time. No doubt, St. John the Baptist would have spoken to his disciples about it. Hence, they understood what he meant when he used it, resulting in the two disciples going to follow Jesus. 
But in fact, Lamb of God was not a Jewish expression. So where did it come from? The Lamb gained significance for the Jewish people during the time of the Exodus, where Moses had asked every family in their household to prepare a Lamb. And there's significance about this because the Lamb in the land of Egypt was held as a pseudo-sacred animal. In much the same cases in parts of India, for example, the cow is seen as a pseudo-sacred animal, hence the expression holy cow. Something similar was held by the Egyptians. So to ask the Hebrews to actually sacrifice a lamb for the Egyptians would have been something very unpleasant and horror. And the blood of the lamb was to be put onto the doorposts and then the angel of death would come and seeing the blood of the lamb would pass by and slay only the sons, the firstborn of the Egyptians. But the significance was only about lamb at that point. So therefore, the words Lamb of God as a phrase, how do they actually come together? Well, we need to go further back into the scriptures to dig the resources there and find any clues. So now I want you to cast your minds back to the time of Abraham, really the beginning of the development of the, the chosen people, the people of God. Abraham was promised a son, Isaac, for whom he had to wait for 25 years. He was 75 when the promise was made to him. Abraham was 100 when Isaac was finally born. So Isaac now is a young boy, perhaps a teenager. Scripture doesn't tell us. And he takes him to be sacrificed. And on Mount Moriah, tradition says, he's about to sacrifice Isaac. And then God stops him through the angel at the last minute and says, Now I know you fear God. And then Abraham looks up and in a distance he sees a ram stuck by its horns and he sacrifices the ram. But what had happened before is that young Isaac had asked Abraham, Father, the fire is here and the knife. Where is the lamb of sacrifice? And Abraham tells Isaac, God himself will provide the lamb of sacrifice. But scripture tells us that it was a ram that was ultimately sacrificed. Now, it might sound like this is just quibbling amongst words, but scripture doesn't make mistakes. A ram is an adult male sheep, whereas a lamb is still young. So therefore, we are still looking forward to this lamb that God will provide. And the fulfillment of that prophecy by Abraham is really in Jesus Christ, who is the lamb of God, who was sacrificed. So every time you hear this expression, lamb of God, know that it's in fact the fulfillment of a prophecy that goes way, way back into the Old Testament, the fulfillment of the promise of God made to Abraham and to Isaac. You're listening to The Journey, music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full.
to The Journey, music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full. Now, Wisdom from the Abbey with Mother Hilda. A couple of years ago I had to go to Canberra to do some talks and because I always get lost in Canberra I set off very early so it was about half past three in the morning as I was getting through a very dark and cold Goulburn. I stopped off at the local establishment to get myself a cup of tea and an English muffin the only nun walking in to that establishment, might I say, at that hour. Once I got my refreshments, my nourishment, I went and sat down and there was a big screen there playing a soccer game. I'm not into soccer, but that doesn't matter. It was all there was. I paid particular attention. And poor fellow that was playing kicked the ball outside. Well, you got it replayed a hundred times. The dismay on the face of the crowd, the disappointment on the part of his teammates and the sheer demoralisation of the poor man himself. We saw it from every angle. And it struck me, you know, God never does that with you and me. We make mistakes all the time. We do things we wish we hadn't done. And God gets on with the game. Though your sins are as red as scarlet, he says, they'll be as white as snow. I've cast your wrongdoing from my sight. I cannot call it to mind, he says. He's got on with the game. It's only you and I who keep ourselves back. Let's get on with the game today. Thanks so much to Mother Hilda Scott there. Get on with the game was her message this week in Wisdom from the Abbey. A little reflection on something she saw in a petrol station just... Having a bit of a break on a journey down to Canberra, no doubt about her. She can see with the eyes of God and point to God in just about every experience she has, which is the way we're supposed to view the world too. We'll always be looking out for the signs and promptings of God and how he speaks to our hearts. Thank you to Mother Hilda Scott for your wisdom from the Abbey this week. After the break, you're going to be hearing from Father Tony Percy. I can't wait to hear it. I haven't, I haven't listened to this one. I'll listen to most of the things each week. It came a little bit late in the piece, this one from Father Tony, but he got it to us on time. He's contributing each and every week. He's going to talk to us about deepest division this week. My sound editor, Max Norden, who does so much wonderful work for the show, he assures me it is an absolute cracker. bit more music, though. His crowd come as you are, and then a bit of Jake Norter, come back home. Then it'll be time for Father Tony Percy after the break. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy. So so glad you've joined us this week on The Journey.
ask you begin. Come find your mercy, oh sinner, come kneel. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. So lay down your burdens. on the journey faith hope and love for life in all its fullness
Father Tony Percy. This week, Deepest Division. So we now move out of the season of Christmas. We had the Feast of the Epiphany last Sunday on Monday. This week we had the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord. And now we go to the second Sunday of Year B. The Church has three Sunday cycles, Year A, Year B, Year C. Most of the time in Year B we have the Gospel of Mark proclaimed for us. Because it's the the shortest of the Gospels. At times we have other Gospels coming in to play, sometimes and mostly the Gospel of John, as is the case this week. So this week we have the Gospel of John and it's chapter 1 and it recounts the interplay between John the Baptist and Jesus and the call of the first disciples. So in chapter 1 of John we have the two disciples heard John the Baptist say this and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following, and he said to them, what are you seeking? What are you seeking? Magnificent question. Now, of recent time, very recently, in fact, Peter Kreeft, a very, very fine philosopher and theologian from the United States, has published a couple of very interesting things. One on the most influential 100 philosophers throughout history. And then secondly, a book on the Gospel of Mark. They're called, it's called Food for Soul, Reflection on the Mass Readings. And in that particular publication, this is what Kreeft has to say. He says, for us, the clearest division seems to be the visible one between atheists and theists, that is, between unbelievers and believers, between those who have found God and those who have not. He continues, for God, however, the deepest division is the invisible one between seekers and non-seekers. For seeking is done with the heart, And God alone knows the secrets of every heart. So we hear so much today spoken about the fact that in the Western world in particular, there is a decline of belief. We get plenty of statistics, one census to another, showing us how belief is declining comparative to years gone past, particularly, say, at the turn of the 20th century and the turn of the 19th century. And so the world is sort of being divided, or people think the world is being divided into those who believe 
and those who do not believe. But what Kreeft is saying here, and this is prompted by this question that Jesus puts to these first disciples, say, what are you seeking? The Kreeft saying, no, we divide, human beings divide the world into belief and unbelief, but for God, for God, the deepest division, not the clearest division, but the deepest division is between those who are seeking the truth, those who are seeking God, and those who are not seeking the truth, and those who are not seeking God. So I think this is a, a very, very good distinction for us just to pause and think about this week. The whole notion of seeking is, is very, very strong in the Gospel. So cast your mind back or cast your mind to the Gospel of Matthew, the great teaching Gospel. Matthew is known as the great teaching Gospel. And particularly from chapters 5 through to 7, we have the Sermon on the Mount. Right at the heart of that Sermon on the Mount, we hear the words of Christ, Ask and you will receive, seek and you'll find, knock and the door will be opened. So what Kreeft is saying here, what Peter Kreeft is saying in his book called Food for the Soul, his recent publication, I think is very, very significant. That the world, in fact, for God is divided between those who seek and those who don't seek. So let's ask ourselves the question, what is the quality as the new year begins of our seeking? For those of us who are really strong believers, this applies. For those of us who are in the middle, for those who are perhaps not so strong believers, this is very, very true. Ask and you will receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened. This is a, a call and it's also a promise. Yes, when Christ, when we encounter Christ, it's a call. We receive a call from him and we receive a promise. And you can feel that in that particular passage of scripture from Matthew. Ask and you will receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened. So just to finish with grief then, I think he, he summarizes this uh, perfectly and beautifully. That all, he says that all who truly seek the true God, the God not of power, but the God of goodness and love will find him. If not in this life, then certainly in the next. Thanks so much to Father Tony. He hails from down Canberra Goulburn Way, Queen Beanne. And Father Tony's been with us for, well, coming up on a year now. And he had some great things to say in a little piece that he called Deepest Division in his segment, The Word. Love that uh, reflection and reference that he's got to, to Peter Kreeft. I just think Peter Kreeft is an amazing philosopher and theologian. And pointing to the deepest division between those who are seeking truth and seeking God, therefore, and those who are not, perhaps those who don't even think that that exists. Plenty of people like that in the age of relativism. Thanks so much to Father Tony Percy for his insights there. After the break, you're going to be hearing from Dr. Byron and Francine Parole. We haven't heard from them for a, for a while, but they're awesome, and they've added so much to this program over many, many years. Smart Loving is their segment, and they're going to talk to us about choosing, deliberately choosing to love, even when things are tough. First up, some more music. Jason Crabb, Free at Last. Faith, hope, love, and life. My name's Jude Hennessy, and you're on the journey. I was a prisoner to myself. I was the maker of my chains I was shackled by the things I thought I wanted I thought they made me free I didn't see their hold on me All along it was you I really wanted I've been safe
shackles are broken You can't tell me what God can do I'm free like a prisoner Been pardoned Love and life. This is The Journey. Here's Byron and Francine Parola with Smart Loving, tips for vibrant marriages and family life. While we hate to admit it, there are times when as husband and wives, we can be ugly and demanding in our marriages. Whether it's stress, moodiness or simple selfishness, it's fair to say that we're not always all that likeable and indeed can sometimes be downright obnoxious. At times like these, sustaining our love can feel like it demands a superhuman effort on the part of the other. Hello, we're Byron and Francine Parola from Smart Loving and today we're talking about the difference between liking and loving. Now, our marriage vows said nothing about being perfect or even likeable. The vows we made were to love each other all the days of our lives. Liking is a subjective encounter. Whether we like or dislike something or someone is as much about us as it is about them. It's really about the emotions we experience in the presence of that other person or thing. While it's almost impossible to like a grumpy, self-absorbed, lazy or insensitive spouse, it is still possible to love them. Being unlikable is not equivalent to being unlovable. Our likability relates to what we do. Our lovability is a function of who we are. We don't have to do anything in order to earn authentic love. It is a freely given gift that we receive for simply being. Our marriage vows didn't have us promise to like each other all the days of our lives for the simple reason is that is more of an emotional outcome than a choice we can actually make. It would be as unreasonable as promising that we would never be sad. Emotions can be managed, but they can't really be chosen in the same way as we can choose our actions or our words. On the other hand, our decision to love is most definitely something over which we do have control. Love is not dependent on the emotions. Love is not a trade or quid pro quo. It is not exchanged only on condition that the other's actions make us feel good or their presence be likeable. Love is a choice we can make, a choice to value the other as God's beloved son or daughter, even when we don't like them. Love is always a choice, and in marriage, couples commit to choosing to love every day, most especially those times when we may otherwise dislike each other. We're Francine and Byron Parola. For more tips on relationships, visit smartloving.org. Thanks so much to Dr. Byron Francine Parola there. That was awesome. We all need that reminder. We need to manage our emotions and remember that love, above all, is a choice. It's not always an easy choice, but it's a choice that we promise to make in that uh, most cherished of relationships, that uh, marriage relationship. And God will help us to do that if we just uh, open ourselves up to his promptings in the spirit in the midst of that. It's the only way to fly. Trust me, I know it. I'm sure my wife knows it too. In fact, I know she does. Now, as promised, to round out the show this week, we're going to be hearing from the wonderful Father Mike Delaney. He's going to ask a very simple question. Where is God? Not before a bit of music, though. Newsboys, the song I Speak Jesus. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy. We're getting to the end, but you're still on the journey. I just want to speak the name of Jesus Over every heart and every mind I know there is peace within your presence I speak Jesus I just want to speak the name of Jesus Every dark addiction starts to break. 
in the Northern Territory, and you're listening to The Journey. Sometimes I feel like I'm alone, a bit too broken, unseen, unknown. Sometimes the doubt starts creeping in. It's in your 
together on the journey. Faith, hope and love for life in all its fullness. And now, seeing God in life's everyday events, here's Father Mike Delaney. Recently, I preached a message series titled, Where is God? The idea for the theme percolated up from the reading for the 19th Sunday of the year from the first book of Kings. It was the story of Elijah meeting the Lord on the mountaintop. That same weekend was my monthly time with my spiritual director. And as we journeyed through my month and reflected on my faith journey, my journey with God in prayer, he invited me to stand at the entrance to the cave with my eyes closed, so that, like Elijah, I could experience the still gentle breeze and the presence of God. By coincidence or divine intervention, that same weekend a God spot I had recorded in April was played. It was sharing my thoughts about seeing a shaft of light on the River Derwent, shining through a grey sky onto the river and bringing light to a very dull and cold day. Today, a few days later, and I was sitting in the church before Mass, praying. As I sat with my eyes closed, I became aware of the bright sunshine and its warmth. Yes, Tassie can have sunny days in August. The warmth that was all around me and I became more conscious of God's wonderful presence surrounding me. We all know, but it doesn't matter if it's a gentle breeze, be bright sunlight or even a mighty storm. There can be many moments when we can be still before the Lord and we can be aware of God's presence. It doesn't have to be on the mountaintop after we've run in fear from our enemies or even from our friends. It doesn't have to be in a church where there is a big window that allows in mighty bursts of sunlight. It can be where you are right at this minute. All God asks is that you be silent so that you can listen to the gentle voice of God calling you into a deeper relationship with the God of life. As I pondered on how God was with me in a very real and wonderful way in the church that morning, I answered my own question, where is God, by looking around me and finding him in the beauty of that moment, and it stayed with me throughout the day. I hope you might find an answer to the same question as you look around you and you encounter God's presence today in all that you see and do. You are beautiful, my sweet, sweet song. You are beautiful, my sweet, sweet song. You are beautiful, my sweet, sweet song. I will sing again. You are so good to me. You heal my broken heart. You are my Father in heaven. You are so good. 
Thanks so much to Father Mike Delaney there. Great way to finish off the show. Where is God? Plenty of pointers that uh, Father Mike has directed us to there. God is hiding in plain sight, clearly. Love that saying, God's hiding in plain sight. Bit of third day in the mix there too. You are so good to me. Thanks to Max Norton who's put this show together this week. Thanks to all of our partnering radio stations. To you, all of our listeners, whether you're listening in through one of those wonderful radio stations or whether you get it as a podcast or receive it as an email each week, plenty of people do. We just we just send you a link. Go to jcr.org.au so that you can get it each and every week and listen at your leisure. You might not be able to listen in to your local radio station all the time. We really encourage you to, and we really encourage you to support them as well. Support them by listening, support them by giving, because let's face it, what they're doing is making a huge difference to so many lives, and it is a real ministry. Hope you've enjoyed today's show. We've loved bringing it to you. Thanks to all of our presenters, Mike Delaney, to uh, Father Mark, Mark DiBattista right at the start of the show who broke open this week's gospel, to Byron Francine Parola, to Mother Hilda Scott, and, of course, to uh, to Father Tony Percy as well. All great little God spots that you heard this week. Don't forget, go to jcr.org.au. You can access them again. They're all there for free. Plenty of people do, and we really encourage you to. Drop us a line, we'd love to hear from you. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy, and you've been on The Journey. The Journey is presented by Jude Hennessy and produced by Max Norden on Dharawal Country in the office of the Bishop for the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong.